Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Mr. Glass's shardy personality. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I should have known way back when. You know why, David? Because of the kids. They call me Mr. Glass. Cue the theme song. If you're just tuning in, East Grill train number 177 has derailed just outside Philadelphia. Why are you looking at me like that? One, because it seems in a few minutes you will officially be the only survivor of this train wreck. And two, because you didn't break one bone. You don't have a scratch on you. If there is someone like me in the world, and I'm at one end of the spectrum. Couldn't there be someone else, the opposite of me at the other end? I think this is where we shake hands. Now that we know who you are, I know who I am. All right. 2000. Once again, we did not blow ourselves up. The lights didn't go out. We survived 2000 very successfully. And speaking of successful, M. Night Shaman, coming off of six, I was going to say six feet under, but that wouldn't be right because it was six cents, decided to do, oof, could I call this a superhero movie? I think you kind of have to, but it is very unlike most superhero movies. We have Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, Robin Wright Penn, and the boy who played Lucius from Gladiator. Lucius. He must have. This Shall must your have been, mother sleep with her brother? Gladiator must have been like the year before or the year after, because that kid looks like exactly the same age. He hasn't. Yeah, aged. Gladiator would be right around. He didn't here. age like. He looks exactly the same age as from Gladiator. I actually think these are same same year. I would get. Uh, it's gonna be close. Yeah, he would have like walked. He would have got off one movie and went way right to the other. Hmm. Mm. Well, in Unbreakable, we've got a couple of key players. But Mr. David Dunn gets in a bit of an accident, walks out feeling pretty good about life, and um, starts to consider the possibility that maybe he is special. And then we have Elijah. I can't say comic book store owner because he'd freak out if I said that about him. He's a comic art man, the, dealer, I guess. He has a gallery, a comic art gallery is the best way to put it. Full which of I don't art. know if I've ever seen anything quite like what his shop was. Yeah. Has, anybody, has anyone else seen anything like that? Not like I've that. I've seen no. comic pages in art galleries. Okay. No, I know, but yeah. his place was just comic book pages and nothing else. Yeah, I else. haven't seen something like that, but I've seen... That's what I mean. Like, I've that's seen crazy. comics represented as art. I just haven't seen um, a yeah, whole solely gallery type of thing. And he had comics in the back, too, uh, in his little back uh, room on the walls. He there. does, and a whole bunch of other interesting stuff. I but he also also He also has brittle bone disease. So pretty much born with broken legs, <laughs> and any chance he segue. can get, those <laughs> legs break. i got to get through the synopsis <laughs> quick before he cuts me off again. So Elijah and David cross paths, share some stories, and discover a lot about each other. In this, this is a like straight drama just happens to have, I guess, superpowers. Yeah, can't call it anything but superpowers. This movie, it's just such a low key superhero movie, unlike anything that I have ever seen. Um, 
And I remembered uh, thinking back to this. I remembered seeing this and liking it, but having some some something with it just didn't hadn't sat right with me at the time. And I don't know if I'd be able to put it into words, but um, I was excited to be watching this this time around. The thing that Very the thing about the superpowers that I like in this one is that when you say low key, it they it it they try and make or he tries to make it as as believable as possible that. Like he doesn't fly, he doesn't run fast, he doesn't, you know, he can't turn invisible, and even his, even his like powers of being able to see what people do, like he calls it in the movie, he calls it instinct, or uh, you know, he gets a feeling or a sense about people that they've done something wrong. He doesn't. I mean, it, it's obviously it's super heightened, and like it's very visual, and basically tells them exactly what the person it's a did superpower. wrong. Superpower! I don't know what you're smoking. It's a definite superpower. I know, he but what, saw I'm not the say, gun. I said I refer to it as superpowers. No. I said the superpowers are believable. They they're not they're not like they don't feel they don't feel over the top or they don't feel like other. That's why they don't feel like other superhero movies. It almost feels like like the fact someone that he could, can't be killed by a train crash, like by a compressed metal in a car or a burning building. But they don't. Or, but they never. That shit is all they never show, real superhero shit. But they never show. They never show him like flying through the air and bouncing off walls of the train car. But not like, all it's heroes, never, No, but that's obviously what happened. But in other superhero movies, we see them doing these fantastic things, right? And well, the things we were, see him anyways, do my is... My point was, you seem to be talking about his powers as like a soft version of these things. His strength seemed to be like he was like accentuated strength, which a lot of comic book heroes have. Not like lift cars and buses, but like accentuated. But his other powers <laughs> were completely magnificent. His ability not, to yeah. like completely sense criminals and see their crimes to the detail of like in their homes, and like that shit is straight <laughs> fucking uh, mind reading. Yeah, and but it, his it's, ability it's, to withstand damage is like it's the way it's the way he level. presents he it's the way he presents it. You never it's see much him more get maturely shot. presented. Yeah, you never see him get shot and a bullet bounces off him and slides down his body and like and the and his super strength is not. That super, like he can bench three fifty, like with effort. That's not. That's obviously a crazy amount of weight, but like he struggles to bench the three fifty. So obviously, with no, he with grabs, no exercise, he benches he also three fifty at the same exertion that he does two fifty at. And the only yeah. reason they stop at three fifty is because they've run out of everything, including the paint cans. But in another superhero movie, the superhero would throw that through the ceiling, and it would like land out on the lawn. That's what I'm saying yeah. is like it's, it's done in a way that is it's different. No one's done it this way before. It's very. No, no, very you're, you're much right. I'm I guess I'm thinking about comics. I've more experience with comics, I guess, than you. So I'm thinking about all like the catalog of heroes that I've seen. It's not new to me to see a hero that has like restrained strength, but other exceptional abilities that are a bit more dynamic. Right. It's I, just in the, the movie industry. world. You're right. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. yeah, you're totally right. The there's one that, line there's one line that um I might have missed in earlier watchings of this movie the the one time or maybe two times I had seen it um and it's when Elijah uh, asks Bruce Willis character David if he's um he asks him about his powers and David says I kind of had something and he says to him have you ever tried to develop it and I just once once that line was said out loud it it just it, I don't know it established for me that in this world like if if you did have a power like David it could it could be dormant if you didn't use it 
Um, and as soon as he starts using it, he becomes like instantly better. So I could definitely see like as, as far as origin stories go, like that this would be like the early, early days of a guy who could eventually be doing some of the things we're talking about, but he'd have to work up to it by practicing and, and just doing it a lot. So that kind of that one line um, really kind of got me relaxed on the fact that he could forget the things that he had forgotten. I don't know. He, he didn't. One thing that always sat weird with me about this flick is his faked his faked injury. Um, he it, it, like from the audience's perspective, he, he denies so vehemently that that he faked it. Right. That's not like something he would forget, even if he wasn't using his powers. So it's it. That's about the one thing I can think of that that um, I question about his he, like he doesn't want to be a superhero. He doesn't want to admit that he that he's got this. And so he didn't he forget the car accident though. But did he did he forget that he faked? No, his I think he doesn't want his wife. He doesn't want his wife to know the sacrifice okay, but if he, he made for her. He doesn't forget that stuff. Why does he ask everyone so sincerely questions that he yes, should know the answer right. to? That yeah. is a that is a flaw for sure. He the has a Dory thing, thing going on. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I ha- I've obviously been sick when I was younger, but but I haven't been sick in a long time, so I honestly can't remember the last time where I I had a Knock cold. On wood. I had a cold, yeah, or uh, any yeah. kind of uh, or COVID or anything. Well, yeah, but just like even like uh, even like just a regular flu or a chest a chest cold or anything. It's been such a long time, but so but I mean, I guess I know I have, so it doesn't make any sense that. He would ask someone if he has been sick. No, I like and 100%. I remember being sick as a kid. So like, yeah, I hundred percent know. Yeah, I hundred percent know that I have been. So I guess it doesn't make any sense that he's questioning if he ever has been. Yeah, you know, ever. I mean, that's that definitely some of the writing that that could have gone. He could have. He could have. He could have. You know, just known that he never was, but that wasn't enough of an indication to uh, make him a superhero or whatever. Yeah, they could have kind of gone about it that way for sure. He seems yeah, super. Like the, the, sorry, no, you. Go, I was just gonna say the pool story when he was much younger. I could see someone blocking that out, like as a youth drowning, like basically having that experience. I could see him like mentally not being able to handle that as a kid and blocking it out. So that's fine. But the, the other accident happened in the teenage years. So it just makes the way he looks back and asks some of those questions seem a little peculiar. I'm like, how could he not remember that? Or has he really convinced himself? It shows the scene finally where he's he rips open the door and just straight out is like fine sitting there when the cop walks up. Like, is, was that him remembering exactly what happened at that moment? Had he blocked that out until then? Because then he calls up Elijah and he's like, yo, I'm uh, uh, I, I didn't uh, I wasn't hurt. I was fine. I, I, I was faking it. And I was like, okay, is he finally telling him or did he just realize? I never get that straight. The car, um, I felt like he always knew. The car, I, I felt like too, he was yeah. just being consistent with his lie. Um, the yeah, only stuff he seemed to forget too. the car thing, to me, it seemed plausible that he always knew he was just being consistent with his story, right? Huh. That's He's how really I felt sticking too, to yeah. it. Yeah, I felt really the same. sticking to it. Well, he probably well, he doesn't just want d- any chance that his wife would figure it out, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he's just become so used to living with that lie now. Like he the thing about him is, yeah. is that he seems so um so resistant to admit who he is. Like it doesn't it seems and it to me I gathered that it was like like he knew what it would mean if he turned out to be a, like a superhero, right? Like a, to have powers. Like Anybody that's in modern culture since after the fucking advent of Superman, probably 
would have that thought go through their mind like holy shit i have a superpower aren't i supposed to do something with this right so yeah. I, f- I get the feeling like especially with his life being in the middle of like like kind of like an uncertain turbulent situation with his marriage and moving and all the rest of that stuff i feel like yep. he's just trying to fight it the whole time so like when that car thing comes up like he has no reason to even discuss it with elijah because he's just like i have a story that i had before and i'm just going to continue with that because the more that I can put this off, the less I have to like face it. Well, and his son's the away. one who tells, and his son's the one who tells Elijah in front of him. And so, so what's he going to do right there? Go, oh no, son, I lied. Like that would be weird. Yeah. And he's a closed off, quiet, soft spoken person. Like that's why his relationship with his wife is falling apart. Is because yeah. he's not a super open guy where he doesn't talk about his feelings. He does. And he's a uh, hot agent on the train. Yeah, well, then there's that. And so that's a that's a great that's a great point. So in the beginning of the movie, the opening where with Elijah's birth and his bones being broken just from the regular childbirth, that's a fantastic opening. The directing we haven't mentioned in this yet. The directing in this movie is fucking phenomenal. Like wall to wall from beginning to end. There's like one or two hiccups, but other than that, it's wall to wall. Just fucking. like I'd steal everything from this movie as a director. I'd steal it all. Yeah, just, the, that opening scene is is when he shoots most of it through the mirror. Yeah, he uses reflections um, a ton in this. So yeah, you can he Mr. can get Glass. like a yeah. yeah, it's great. I know, but it's, that's yeah. true. That's a very good point. And yeah, he gets so many angles out of the same scene without a cut. So like when he's in the, he can zoom in on the mirror and then zoom out and focus down on the lady in the bed. And show the the doctor looking in the doctor who played um, Saeed in Oz, by the yeah. way, That's that right. guy, whatever his name is, um, Amon Walker, I think is his name. Anyway, um, yeah, and then out. it snaps to the side to to um, to show the ladies there, and it really, it, I don't know, it just gives the scene a lot of intensity and depth, and it's like it's weird, also, because you're like wondering what the fuck is going on, and and then he's like call an ambulance immediately and you're like oh this is crazy what's happening ah and you're into it right away you're sucked in yeah, yeah i are, also feel you are right he is Eamon walker nice and, and the david dunn stuff the, the david dunn intro is also really interesting because instead of making the main character look like a good person or a likable person they make him seem pathetic and i yep. actually feel like his patheticness on the train and then when that kid sees how pathetic he is when when he he was clearly trying to hit on that woman but being as subtle as possible and we don't know at this point yet that him and his wife are actually separated but living Pretty in the much, same yeah. house like so he that, seemed to be days away from moving to new york right yeah well and they're not going sleeping in the same room him. yeah his wife yeah. even later he said he comes, was gonna move anyway his yeah. wife later even comes and asks him if he's seen anybody because he's allowed to and uh, so, like, he wasn't technically doing anything wrong there, but he was. It was so pathetic and embarrassing yeah. that you almost feel for him right away. Uh, kind yeah. of, you like don't even just, know that until later. So he becomes a flawed super. Like you would doubt his superhero-ness. Yeah. Like he becomes an antihero when he's when you see him begin his his story that way, and then you see that he's like developing this understanding of these powers. You would still, and like the thing is, is that I actually can't think of another time through the movie when he does anything even questionably uh, ethically borderline or, or any yeah. kind of like tightrope walk in there. So the thing is, is that later when like, cause you have that resonance in your mind about him, right? 
Yeah. And then later when you find out that that actually is washed away, the guilt or, or, or his responsibility to be, um, monogamous with his wife or whatever understanding that they obviously have. Right. It's yep. then that washes away the little bit of, um, of ethical gray zone that you even have in this story with him. Outside yeah. of that, he is like paladin esque. Like, what a character! Yeah. He's actually totally born superhero. Yeah, born good guy. Pa- Paladin's the right way to talk it. Which is, it's really interesting around his power because, thankfully, the movie doesn't get into where the powers come from. Are they mutants or aliens? Is it one thing or the other? Like, I don't care. Um, and in the early days of this, like, obviously they're showing and and that people who wouldn't didn't wouldn't people sorry people who don't develop their power don't really even might not even know they have them which is a really interesting thought mm-hmm. and so i've not seen the follow up movies in this universe i guess they're not sequels really they're just different well the third one maybe brings some of the characters back but um so i don't know what the deal is with james mcavoy's character in in split if it's like the same kinds of powers and development and all that. So I, I don't really care either. I'm just saying um, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a really interesting way to, to go about doing things. Yeah. It's, it, it's, um, uh, go ahead, Brent. I can't even remember what I was just going to say. I was just going to say his characters all feel believable. Like, and like I was, I was saying before that the powers were extraordinary and I do believe that they are, but the, but the characters are all like, so the guy in split has like multiple personalities, but the thing is, is that some of those personalities actually are, they're different physically, right? Cause that's, yeah. Cause that's main thing. Yeah. So that actually is like, that's another thing where his character is, is, is a person with multiple personalities. There's nothing exceptional. Like, not that that's not special yeah. whatever but you know what i mean um but the fact <laughs> that these characters all have different physicalities to them on top of like yep. their emotional and personality differences makes that exceptional the fact that somebody could be uh, super strong in a different personality but meanwhile one of the other personalities same body it doesn't have that um is very cool and the mr glass um actually seems very muted in this movie and I like the fact the way that they play that is just like the balance, right? Like, because we've all seen bones, like degenerative bone diseases and stuff like that, where someone might be more brittle. Um, and that's who he is. And so in the way that they pose the question in this is just like, if I exist, so must you, right? Yeah. And, and that all of a sudden sets the stage to a place where you, you don't feel like you're in another dimension necessarily. You feel like this could all be happening right now yeah. somewhere else that's that's I, I, the word yeah. i was looking for is this movie is super grounded in in its portrayal of superheroes even samuel jackson's explanation that that comic books like how storytelling develops over time and that that people people did have these extraordinary powers and and that's where comic books came from but but over time they got exaggerated or are people forgot like and that it was actual storytelling and it became silly or cartoony and uh this movie grounds it back into what he believes is true which is that that people are exceptional and do have uh do have these extraordinary abilities which i think is a great way of uh giving some explanation of how this could happen without too much they don't give too much away yep it's true. It's because everything is 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 so grounded. I think that this is where um, Colin got into it at the start. Was um, 
the way things kind of manifest the powers and everything seems like it's it's like more in the real world and less in the superhero world that we've been exposed to and it just makes it makes for a really cool way to tell this story and um it, it is <laughs> i was laughing about this because considering that what brent said before about david being basically like a paladin a, a person who's just there to do good and save others it's he, he got a pretty lucky and specific power that fit his personality didn't he like you the fact that he sees he sees people's crimes and he's going to be a crime fighter like it's well, that, uh, that's why he chose but he he that's what elijah keeps telling us me he made these choices for a reason and it's because he had these abilities that he wanted always, he wanted to protect people because these things were inside of him that He's either denied or been completely unaware of that they exist. So imagine yeah. growing up like that. He would have seen a lot of darkness in people, not really understand. Since he was a kid, he would be seeing like brushed up against somebody's uncle and then seen like some terrible crime that he committed, right? Or like, God knows what this fucking guy would have seen growing up. It's no wonder why he's like such a restrained personality. He's probably got fucking serious demons. Yeah, I see. I would have I would have expected him to be even more closed off than he was if if that was the case. Like if he had been having those experiences and and like shut it all off or blocked it all off. I'm mm-hmm. I'm of the mind that like, you know, he probably I don't know if he's ever had the experience. That's where I question is I don't know if he ever had the experience before he has it for the first times rekindling his thing here. Um, I I think though we've seen that in an actual mental uh, disorders like schizophrenia and stuff like that where people go 30 40 years and then they get diagnosed and they had these things happening to them but they're either denying them because they didn't want to face the reality of that there's something seriously wrong with them or that yeah. they just thought everyone was that way and that you know that they just had to live with this condition that they didn't even know they had so that, i kind of buy that i that I yeah, I, it's, it's not that I don't buy it. I just find myself asking the question, that's all. Yeah, and that's a reasonable question for sure. Thanks, but, uh, man. It, I, got, I got sold on it. Like, I mean, I've seen this movie like a ton. I just hadn't seen it in a long time. So I'd always had, um, uh, I always had a, had a special liking for this movie. Um, there's just a bunch of different things. I mean, the performances are so good. Um, like even even his wife, who's played by uh, Robin Wright Penn. Yeah, man, is she good? I, I love her dialogue too. Her dialogue is always lies. Her emotion <laughs> always betrays her words yeah. all of the time, <laughs> and yeah. it's so great because I, I like her because of that, and once again sympathize with her because she also lied. There's so much lying to people's selves in this movie. She lies to herself. <laughs> David lies to himself. Jonah, as his son Joseph, lies to himself. Yeah. Uh, it's so. It's so. It's. It's a really good. This is more of a character study, I feel like, than a superhero movie. Um, which is which is why I feel like it feels so different. Oh no! It completely is. He only does one superhero thing. Yeah. He only gets to use his powers. I read an article about this years ago when it first came out, and somebody said. The thing that he did that was so smart was he took he took like the first act of a superhero movie and made it into a whole movie, which is the superhero figures out he has powers. And then usually yeah. in the second act, 
he uses them, but he runs into trouble. And then in the third act, well, see, he overcomes it with his powers. That's interesting because Shyamalamala wrote this movie specifically to have a three-act comic book structure where he yeah. learns about his power, the figures like there's the bad guys close in basically, and then the fucking final, right? Yeah, um, I just so to see to hear you say that you'd read something countering that is super interesting. That does make that does kind of make sense. It's just I I wish you would have maybe gone about writing the second and the third movie differently, but but I'm those not, are for another podcast. Count, obviously. Yeah, and count and count those sure is count. removed from the from the world right now. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. to think of this as a standalone. Anyway, I've always kind of liked to think of this movie as a standalone movie, even though it does kind of. Bl- it doesn't really. There's not really much of David Dunn at all in the in the split. Is it split? Yeah, yeah, split. yeah splits. There's the next like one, there's yeah. like five seconds of him or like a minute of him in the movie. I, they show him at a diner or something somewhere. He's not really in it or part of it. And then the third one, they kind of like bring all of the characters back for a feature. It was yeah, a weird way. Third yet? I should watch that. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend... I'm not going to say if I liked... I wouldn't say it's like a great movie, but I would also wouldn't ever tell anyone not to watch it. It has some interesting things going on in... in Mis- Is it called... I think it is called Mr. Glass. It's just called Glass, I think. I I heard some, some unhappy um, feelings about that movie when it came out. And I think that's maybe it, why I didn't hurry to watch it, whereas normally that movie would be right up my alley. On your I list? It was just because people yeah. seemed to be let down yeah it's it's definitely i was disappointed as well but but i i still i would still recommend watching it because i i do think he this guy does have some good ideas and he can direct a movie like fuck he can like if you look at this and the sixth sense both those movies are um, like the directing is like top-notch directing in both those films yeah, this guy's got chops. I don't. This guy's got chops. I don't think like the directing is not the problem. I mean, this movie, the one thing they do. So we've seen some. Um, oh, I don't know if we're going to end up reviewing, but but we've been watching some of the older superhero movies. Um, we have it set up to watch a few, and we might do a couple of episodes on them. Um, but when I looked back and thought about it, I thought about how hard those. I guess the pioneers in trying to rehash comic book stuff in the nineties, like late eighties, early nineties. Really got stuck trying to hold too faithful to the comic book material and look and feel. They really tried to replicate it, I found, and it's awkward on the screen sometimes. And this movie took a really, really unique um, way to, 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 to show or to give us the sense of comic book frames. Um, because everything around Bruce Willis, like a lot of scenes with him in it, he is he's framed within it. Like uh, what it was Colin saying the other night. What was they it called? Book, they bookend the shots. Yeah, they book they bookend the shots. So he's like through a doorway or um, a hall, a hall, or or coming out of a stadium tunnel or something like that. It just it always makes him look like he's um, he's um, he's like the hero shot in the frame of a comic book, right? Um, but and, yeah, and they and do I'm, it with uh, even the reverses too. Like he he do, I'd say seventy percent of this movie, the uh, the shots are are bookended with with like you just said like some objects in in the house or a building to give yeah. that effect of um the comic book uh what would you call them frames or yeah yeah the panels but, but it's so it's so much bet well it's so well done in that way it's subtle 
You wouldn't know yeah. unless you were looking for it. At watching this movie the first time is that's not what you'd notice. No. Maybe the first true. time you're like, oh, they're shooting him through a doorway. Interesting. But then you'd stop thinking about it and you'd just be like, there's Bruce Willis. There's that gorgeous shot as the, the camera comes out of the tunnel and he's silhouetted against what's in the backdrop. He it's was framed in that shot. In the rain and yeah, all that stuff. It's, fuck, it's such yeah. it's a beautiful shot. You know, you always know where you are and what's going on in this movie. You're never confused about what's going on, and it and it, it all drives home. Um, just I don't know. You kind of settle in because you're not you're not worried. You're not confused. It's it's really great. It's a good experience. Yeah, the cinematography is beautiful as well in this movie. I mean, technically, this movie, the music, the cinematography, and the directing is all incredibly well done and I don't know what the budget is for this movie but obviously with the actors and stuff in it it's a hot yeah, that it, was, was surprising. It 75 well yeah. that is really high for what it feels like wow that's cra- I guess when you're paying Bruce Willis and probably, Samuel Jackson that eats salaries, up a lot of the yeah. budget yeah yeah you're right yeah but I mean there's not that many I don't know I don't know I'm trying to think like what would have cost so much to make in this I guess the Locations were pretty big. They're at the stadium a lot with a lot of extras. A lot of yeah, football stuff true. going on. That's got to cost some money, but I mean, how much? So the opening's really good, and I love this, the way they do the train stuff and uh, where he's in the hospital, he wakes up, and that doctor's talking to him. I also really like the actor who plays the doctor. You don't get to see him. If you're that actor, yeah. you'd be a little disappointed with the way that he decided to shoot your scene. <laughs> Because you can't see him at all. It's kind of the back of his head, and it's all shot on Bruce Willis's face. Well, it's framed between the two curtains, too, so Bruce Willis is once again being framed. But in the foreground is a, is the other only survivor of the train crash, and as there's tight, slow, tight in on Bruce and the doctor having the conversation, you start to see a pool of blood spread. I was going to ask the, you guys if you noticed that. That's, this is the first time I ever noticed that the blood was getting bigger and bigger in, yeah. underneath the bandages. Yeah. And then the heartbeat starts to go, and um, him and the doctor wrap up. And the way the I don't know that whole discussion with the doctor. It's it's um, shocking if you're watching the this for the first time. Too. It's Michael Kelly from House of Cards. Right, that's yeah. his name. And then and then like they go, they just go boom, boom, boom because he comes out and he sees all of the people anxiously hoping that their relatives have survived. <laughs> then his son imagine? comes. Oh, oh God! I believe he stops to like be with his family for a second. There, I would be like, we're leaving right now. I but know he you got to say like, to him, doesn't he? He says we're leaving right now, doesn't he? Actually, he say says that to them after let's he like go. I, embraces. Yeah. I think yeah. he says let's go. Um, the survivor's guilt would be unfucking believable. Oh, crazy! Yeah. And then, and then, like that's it. Like other than that, there's there's only one other scene down the way. Like him and his wife never discuss it. Him and his kid never discuss it. It's all visual. It's just the relief. And then later on in the movie. She comes up to his room and says it was a miracle or something like that. But there's never a scene where they go, let's talk about it. How, what, let's talk about the train. Like, how did you survive? None of that. They just skip right over that and go back into like his marital situation yeah. and the stuff with uh, Elijah. It's great. It's great because you know that conversation happened, but we don't have to see it. It's true. It's a boring. Elijah that's a had to do three different um, things to, to prove it. He did like the building fire, and then there was something before that. Uh, he he yeah. did a train, uh, an no, airplane. he did a train. Obviously, an airplane crash, a yeah. burning building, and there was wasn't there a th- another? Maybe the third was the th- train. Yeah. Okay. 
So he burned so, down a building and crashed a plane. So think about that. He doesn't have fucking survival guilt after one thing, but he has it like real bad after three. <laughs> oh, God, Why yeah. Why me? Why me? Yeah. Plus, yeah, you'd think the world's true. trying to fucking kill you. It'd be like yeah. being struck by lightning on three separate occasions. You'd like Eventually, you start to think there's something going on, which and, it turns out there I, is, but you'd, <laughs> you'd probably believe supernatural. Yeah, and, true. and Samuel Jackson's performance in this, as good as it is, I also feel like establishing his frailty makes you care about his character so much more because whenever he is put in a situation that is a normal situation for all of us, but we know that he's a fucking paper tiger, that we are terrified for his character, like to do walk down the street, go down staircases. Whatever the fuck he's doing, we're always terrified <laughs> for his character because we know the damage that could be caused by a simple spill. It's crazy, well, actually. Could, because, he's, because he's nice the whole movie, because he actually seems like a sympathetic character. It's he actually does, yeah. uncertain as to why he is a bad guy. Like at the end when he's like, I, like I'm going to be the opposite of you right before they do that shitty text. Um it's it's unclear to me why he is determined to be a bad guy and like oh did he, i know did why he, why just because the kids well, tease them no no it's so it's because he believes there's this mythology behind so what's he happening he has to be the bad guy yeah he does it's the way it always happens in the comic books he's his auntie he came out of bruce willis and bruce willis is going to be the noble paladin and Fucking Samuel's going to kill hundreds of people until he can find the next one or do whatever bad things he ends up doing after this, which I'm fucking, I was really looking forward to thinking about all the crazy things he could get up to, but good thing David reported all that to the police and Elijah was confined to a psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. The way that that. ends, Shyamalan should be fucking sent to the Institute for the Criminally Insane. I know, it's so upsetting. text over that last bit. With freeze frames. With freeze frames. So they that means they had it the original way that was awesome, where they just had David walking out and Samuel fucking beacon off to him on the way out. And that I would have been like so pleased as punch to think about all the mischief those two me were too. gonna get into. Yeah, see me as well. What the fuck I is know this Animal House. Like or, see, for as much as I've always liked this movie, the probably the only thing that makes me question whether this holds up or doesn't hold up is simple text. He puts on the screen for five fucking seconds at the end of the fucking movie. That yeah. is crazy how much that impacts this movie as a whole. Crazy. It left a real bad taste in my mouth. Really bad. I like, know. That's, 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 the three that's of us of the sat instantly up. Instantly worst endings that I've seen in a while. It we shatters. all sat up when it happened. We all it sat shatter, up and like, what the fuck? Your, it shatters your imagination and your ability to make your own choices about what happens with the characters after he sets up something so beautiful. Yeah. It's like having a beautiful symphony and then at the end you have a fart sound as the Oops. end of the symphony. It's like, yeah. it's just like, yeah. what's that? Why is there a fart sound? You have these infinite <laughs> sequels going on inside your head. And then when he does that, he kills the whole world for you. He builds this amazing, fucking interesting, complex relationship and world and you start to imagine what the possibilities are there's probably others out there what's going to go on with them do you know what i mean like and especially the way that mr glass uh sets that last little bit up there is like if that's his reveal 
And to turn his reveal, like, because he hasn't been a bad guy, but now he has purpose. He understands why he's glass. It's so that he can be the fucking ying to Bruce Willis's yang. And then it just shuts it off. It just fucking closes the tap. It's criminal. Absolutely criminal. The only way, the only way you could make that work is if David is going to visit Elijah at the end and Elijah is being arrested because someone turned him in and that's how Bruce Willis finds out instead of the Elijah monologue and he, he like realizes it but that's stupid so you, but, you wouldn't even fucking do it you leave it said, open yeah leave it's it per- open you fucks the, the most upsetting thing is that he had he kind of set it up perfectly at the end the ending is perfect other than the text yeah because David text finds out it. and he turns and walks out and then the music's beautiful and stuff and the dialogue's really good and so, like, he did it. He fucking nailed it. And then he's had to fucking go too far. They, so many fucking directors and fucking writers do that. Like, so many. Just, you have a great ending to a movie, and then you tack on this bullshit at the end. It's so it's silly. Like, that means someone, actually, they had a conversation, and they were like, okay, do we do a freeze frame with the with the uh, text, or do we do some voiceover? And who will it be, David or Elijah? Our God you know, forbid, try alive, let's have him come in. Or the kid. It could be the kid. Let's have the kid do it. My dad grew up and he called the police because I said he should. Like, fuck off. Our God forbid they had test audiences screen the movie and go, we want to know what happens at the end. Yeah. We need something and there. Listened. And so they fu- he fucking typed it in. Fuck. That's, if someone's at saying that to you at the end of a movie, if they're screaming at you, I need to know what happens. You'd be like, yeah, I won. That's the best thing you can get out of a story when it's done is leave it so that people are starving for more. Yeah, exactly. And then he was going to make the sequels, like as Brent said, which I didn't know, he was always planning on making sequels anyway, so why would you not leave it open-ended so you could make your yeah. fucking sequels? Because now you, gotta, you're stuck you write yourself doing, into a corner. Yeah, now you're stuck doing with whatever you fucking put in there. You, you can't come up with an idea down the road now and change Ooh, an it. An escape, a mental institution escape. That's super fucking original. Think of how, how does he the get sequels could have been. How does he get out? Do they ever say? I bet they just ignore it. They either ignore it or there was some kind of a stupid breakout. He had a group of men put bean bags all down the staircase and he fucking gently rolled out of the building. And uh, he, can't, he can't fucking escape <laughs> anywhere. He's got no fucking abilities. He would need a team of people. He'd need like the Joker's henchmen crew to fucking carry him out somewhere. And then it's not like he can fucking be uh, uh, hidden in public. He's got fucking a uh, pretty distinguishing look and the fact that he can't not be in a wheelchair. Yeah. I'm glad, Brent, you mentioned Joker because to me, this movie is much closer to the to the new Joker with Joaquin than any other superhero sure. movie. Sure. This yeah. is, uh, it's a drama character piece. because it's, it's about, not bubblegum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it isn't. And that's what why I've always appreciated this movie so much. I yeah. always thought it was like a standout movie um, of of the uh, the last twenty years, and except I never realized how terrible that ending uh, text was until we watched it together, <laughs> and uh, and it's I hideous. I forgot that it was there, and then oh. when I saw those words come up, I was like, because no. I'd always remembered it as those words not being there. Yeah. It's yeah. the same. You've got David Dunn syndrome. You have blacked out all the fucking past <laughs> that is too scarring to remember. And I do that with I do that with lots of movie. movies. 
I do that with lots of movies. It's true. I have done that to protect my feelings for this movie, I guess, when I, I must have done that because I wanted to like this movie. almost ruins the movie. I'm I'm seriously I can tell you right now I'm on the fence because that's of it. I am too because simply because of that one thing. That it, mistake. It's not just that it's so bad; it's that it then destroys most of what you just saw, yes. and that annoys me and and disappoints me to no end. It's like the end it, of Platoon. Uh, it's very similar yes. feeling where he, they he has to explain to you. He's like, "Okay, so you're dumb." So now I'm going to explain with voiceover everything that you just watched Platoon out loud. Is worse because it says the yeah. two dads thing right in there, basically. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It does. This just tells you, like, it just ruins any future thinking you have about this. Yeah, you want to leave things open-ended. I mean, that's that's what makes things bittersweet. We, we were talking about bittersweet the other day. It's not bittersweet any longer. Because now I know, I know everything that happens afterwards, and it's not. I don't like what you're telling me. Like, yeah, leave me the fuck bitter. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Sweet shit. We were talking before about um, how Sam, how Elijah Samuel, he does such a good job playing Elijah in this. By the way, he's like, I think Colin said it before, but he was, he's really fun to watch. Um, it's so, it's so smart the way they they show him throughout the movie pretty much up until the big reveal at the end. So not only do you sympathize for him, but when he's at the stadium and he starts to chase, go after the guy with a gun, which like you're, you're like you're tense because he's got those stairs in front of him and you're like, don't fall, don't fall. But when you watch it a second time, you realize that he's like, he's so determined, you know what he's done. Like he's got to know. If yeah. it, like this is the confirmation that David is what he thinks he is and makes everything all the people he's murdered up to this point would be worth it if he can just see that fucking silver gun with yeah, the black Yeah, it's a rip. great it's a great way to so establish it, yeah. his, his strong 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 motivations for why he's did the way things he did when you find out at the end you're like it, that makes sense all yeah. that ties together it, it makes perfect sense but you, yeah yeah but you don't you don't, so you don't get the gravity the first time you see it you think like maybe he's just trying to do a good thing he's trying to learn all you know whatever but like to know how exactly how driven he is at that moment on a second viewing is really really interesting it makes it it's such a smart way to, because it gives you a different perspective the next time around yeah, he's desperate to find that yeah. out. He needs, yeah, he it's needs his journey. to know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's just killed a whole bunch of people for no reason. For nothing. And for also... Nothing. And that, that scene kid. makes more sense when you find all that shit out. Because at first, you're like, this is extreme. Yeah. And he's like going. And you even see him break all his shit. And as his head flops back, and that guy gets on the train, and, or he jumps to a turnstile. And you just see the flash of the gun in his belt, just like he said. Yeah. And you see that he's satisfied. He's like yeah. broken all the shit and he's in terrible pain, but it it was a victory, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It's a the pain it's a could great have been scene. the pain of him crying out in that moment just before he sees it could have been some of the frustration from him being like, "No, I'll never see it now." And then it's like, oh, "There it is." So it's satisfying. It's really well done. All of the kid really well stuff done. too with the young young Samuel L. Jackson is very well done too. Like I don't typically like flashbacks a lot and they, but, but they, he, they do a good job of presenting the flashbacks in this movie. They're simple. They, they're, they're, they, they're very, they have a weight to them about, about why he likes comic books is, was the only thing he could do because he couldn't leave the house or go play. And so he fell in love with these stories and these, 
these images and stuff. And I, uh, the upside down stuff that he does so often in the Elijah flashbacks and like in the Elijah stuff, there's comic, there's two times comic books upside down. The first time his mom gives him one. And the second time when he's in the comic book store and that lands on his lap and he has to flip it around. Yep. It's always uh, the upside down thing is a really interesting directing choice he made in this movie as well as the reflections. That's yeah, it, it's yeah, it's yeah. about being consistent with like like the the way a comic book artist would portray like always bigger eyes, always more of a sneer, bigger head, whatever he says. There's a couple of examples there, and the the upside down thing would just be the same thing. A consistent an artist's it consistent you, choice to let you know you that in too. he's bad, right? It sucks you into to like think about that. Like, have you ever seen a note in a movie on on a table or something they wanted to identify? But the fact that when you first look at it, you can't quite see what it is because it's upside down or you can't see the full picture. And then yeah. someone has to flip it around, makes gives it so much more weight and, and power. This guy yeah. is like that's what I mean about his directing. This guy like knows his shit and he's totally unique and original. You can't, you cannot really see his influences. Like, although I'm sure he would tell you and I'd have to look it up. He has probably many, but that's what makes him such a good director is he feels like he's not stealing from anybody else and he's his own thing. Yep. And he's good. Yeah. I think we were saying um, the other night that because we compared the kind of the, the, the tone and the the delivery of this movie to Joker. Um, I think we were all saying too, we had hopes that maybe the new Batman movie coming up would be like that too. Be more of an Pattinson? interesting drama. Patterson? Yeah. With Robert Pattinson. Pat- the trailer Patterson. makes it look like it's Patterson? leaning Patterson? slightly towards that because there's not a lot of action scenes in the trailer. It yeah. is a lot darker and it's, it feels like seven almost the trailer to the new one. Yeah, a little bit. He's got bit. that fucking very... eye makeup, like My Chemical Romance. He looks like it looks like that movie came out in the 90s <laughs> following Oh, my God. Like... I totally felt, forgot about My Chemical Romance until you just mentioned that right now. They yeah, got some fun AFI songs. Or one of those. Your yep. references are tight, dude. Super tight. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody you know what that's that. from? Do you know what that's yeah, from? it's from the end. <laughs> oh, yeah, it from is the... from the end. I was going to say Forgetting Sarah Marshall, but it's from the end. Oh, I even yeah. fucked that up. When they're all trying to like, uh, when uh, Jay, trying to like Jay, uh, Jay Baruchel, yeah, <laughs> yeah, your references are super tight. <laughs> your references are tight. Everybody knows that. <laughs> um, I like yeah, that. Good, good, good. Interesting, interesting character to add to the mix, and all through all this is is Joseph, um, and uh, I, I think we found the, that that young actor um, Spencer Treat Clark. Uh, didn't handle the rage scenes very well, but but did some of the emotional stuff really great. Um, but but very interesting character because we uh, we talked out loud at one point during the movie about how fucked up that kid would be. because uh, he's not gonna uh, well unless it's hereditary, which we don't know, but he'll he probably won't have superpowers, and he idolizes his dad so much. Um, and he's also he, a bit of a loser. Older. Like he like that great scene of establishing. They only do it once, but they do it so well. Is that scene where? All those kids are playing football and he wants his dad so badly to come and play with and some other kid bring his relative who's like a fucking superstar athlete. And he wants his dad to come down so that he can get some attention and the kids will like him because his dad's so fucking tough and good. 
Yeah. And he, he doesn't go, but then the kid screams, okay, guys, I'm going to go hang out with my dad or whatever. And nobody even fucking knows he's there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, this kid is like just desperate for like some kind of recognition and friendship. Yeah. And yeah, you so. Feel for him. Yeah, you yeah. do. There's so many fucking things he does to make you feel for the characters. You feel for his wife. Uh, you feel for his son. Like that. This is like we were talking. What we were talking about. Anti fucking the movie we did the other day, uh, where you just don't care about any of the Boondock? fucking characters. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't care. Like them. Care about them. Understand them. Have any understanding of why we're following them or why we're rooting for them. This movie goes the exact opposite route and makes everybody. Like, even minor characters, it makes you feel uh, empathy for them and sympathy for them. And, and you want good things to fucking happen for them. It's, it's, well, this movie it's is really, cast really well. Like, yeah. yeah. The, the, great. the actors all fit the roles. Like, even Saeed in the beginning. Like, so, Eamon, Eamon Harris, is that the fucking guy's name? Yeah, Eamon, Eamon Walker. Eamon Walker. He's great. Sorry. Yeah, so he's great. But, like, if you remember him from Oz... And in anything else you've seen him in, he has this characteristic intensity yes. where he is just like so goddamn intense. Like that beginning <laughs> scene is made because of his like his just fucking ability to like draw the tension. Yeah. That's almost like his fucking superpower, actually. And he does that with the baby where he's like all of a sudden showing concern and then everyone else is like, What the fuck is disbelief. this celebration, bitch? You, you, yeah, you see it all go through disbelief, anger. Um, uh, he doesn't like say much. No, he doesn't. You just see it in his eyes because that guy, he's lit. He's yeah, got it going lit. on. No, I know. Yeah. That guy, yeah, you guys are totally right. That guy, even that guy's fucking, the little bit he had to do, he like fucking like blew that shit out of the water. Yeah. That's the thing is that every, that guy every crack of this movie is filled with competent people, right? Yeah. And so in the little parts where there might be cracks other places where despite the main parts of the movie are coasting along, there might just be some of that filler. This movie doesn't feel like it's a lot of filler. And the thing no. is, is that the pacing of this movie is actually quite consistent, but not at all quick, right? Like no. you're moving along through the through the points, but it's not by any sense like an action movie or anything else. Like not everything's very action. much a drama, right? Yep, yep. And, um, and it still maintains that tension throughout the entire movie. There is that sense of like, of discovery and development and tension and just like excitement without having like really palpable, um, like on your nose excitement. It's it. I just found this movie to be crafted really well. It was my first time watching it. Um, and I thought that fucking Shyamalan, especially because, you know, he fucking really destroyed a bunch of other movies. Um, yeah. this yep. one was not one of those. You're right about the pacing. The pacing does feel very deliberately. Um, it's not. It's not slow, but it's. He's very deliberate in how the pacing of this movie is, and it's. And and he. Not only is it that, but it's only an hour and forty five minutes long, so it's yeah. not a long fucking movie. Yeah. Nope. Which is crazy because of the pacing and the way it's structured and stuff. It yeah. it feels like it's methodical, and but it, it but it's not two and a half hours. Yeah, each scene feels like you're you're given some piece of information that's either immediately or in the near future relevant. Some reference to comic books, some some question of whether someone is capable of something, then they go out and figure that they are and it moves the story along. I to wanted to ask Brent though, the scene where Elijah gets mad at that father who came to buy his son that painting 
uh, or that frame of the comic or whatever. Yeah. You had some gri- you had some gripes about that. Weren't a huge fan of that. Yeah, it's like, a huge did dick that, move. Did, like if I want to put did, a fucking Monet in my kid's room, I can't do that. Like he's like, this isn't a fucking play figurine or whatever. He yells at that guy. Unnecessary. I know that you take your shit seriously. The guy's paying a fucking price. He knows it's not throwaway I guess, coloring I paper. Guess, I guess that's why, though, I feel like he did that is because he wanted you to know within that one scene how seriously that Elijah took what he Principled. did for a living and yeah. that this guy wasn't taking it as seriously as him, so he wanted that guy to get the fuck out of his shop. No, of course I got it. It's not a huge like flaw for me. I just mean like surface-level looking at that. It to me, it just struck me as like, <laughs> I was like, don't be such a fucking dick to this guy. <laughs> yeah, this no, fucking I, thing in his kids' room. You know what I mean? And I agreed at the time <laughs> when we were watching it too. I thought it was a little excessive, but I just wondered how you felt about it after seeing the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. They, I they just, are I just showing to know. They are showing how serious he is and how principled he is, and that he's not really a great. A great guy. I guess they're kind of giving us a little bit of info early that he could go. Well, they're giving way. him a flaw. Yeah. yeah I mean, he definitely sure. has some flaws. He like super intrusive. The shit he does with his wife, where he goes and talks to her about David and stuff, See, super intrusive. Going to his work is super intrusive. Putting shit on his car. He's like you a could, fucking forty-five-year-old like virgin. Of course, he's fucking angsty. <laughs> you you could call it cheesy that that Robin Wright, who is David's wife ex-wife whatever she is at that point um ends up treating elijah you could look at that and say this out of coincidence but what you got to keep coming back to is that what happens is samuel l jackson is a super villain so of course he arranged it he wanted more information and it's not like he planned to break his leg but i think he saw the possibility in a the opportunity and they don't they don't make a big deal they don't say if that's the case you could think it was a coincidence but I would choose not to in this case. And, yeah, and that, that makes it even better. That makes yeah, it no, deliberate Sam, and great. Samuel fucking orchestrated that she would be the one who took care of him until she, I think she says she's not going <clears> to <throat> do it anymore. She quits. I think, I think you get the impression that there's no coincidence with Elijah. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah no, he's fucking he's an orchestrate. He's a fucking conductor um, at the master level. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, the, what did you guys think of the whole water thing and then the water being his uh, weakness or his kryptonite or whatever? It's good. It's He's a physical character, right? His power is physical. So if you develop a weakness, that is something, again, that's totally realistic. It's just the inhalation of water. He's just, he's, he's like a genetically poor fucking swimmer, but he's also like, I don't know, there's that panic or whatever that Elijah mentions where they just start like, taking on water breathing like that and they kind of hint at that when he falls in the pool later yeah um that's a super big coincidence but um yeah (laughs) but i like that because it's the thing is that he can take being compressed in a car or fucking suffocating through a hotel fire and being burned right but the water it's like it it must like i don't know like it's got to be drowned right yeah, it also makes him. It also makes him as the superhero vulnerable, and he makes it gives him keeps him human or gives him the humanity that a lot of superhero movies, where they just walk around and get hit by rocket launchers and they just fucking dust their clothes off. And you're like, so why am I worried about this person? They can't even be yeah. hurt. Yeah. Well, he he actually was in danger of drowning there. So once again, you feel the threat 
to his life that's not in most superhero movies. Yeah, Imagine I, he gets I would captured and waterboarded. Well, S- I was going to say the way that you would take him out then is you would grab him and you would throw him in like a water container and just close it and leave him in water forever. And I guess that I mean, he you would kill be dormant, anybody that way. But I mean, I don't know if he can. Be, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. But but that David, that's how you'd have to do it to get rid of him for good. And but that's I don't even what know if that would it. kill him for good. Yeah, it is what grounds it. It's it's a little. Um, like it's an interesting nemesis for him. Does that mean that like any pond or lake he would just be uh, uh, like more apt to fall in and drown? Like he he has no aversion to rain. I guess he can drink. I, I didn't particularly notice this time around because Samuel said when you drink water, you, you like choke or whatever. Uh, I didn't actually but he notice. Said just like he said, just like me, though, me and you both have that in common. Like he just he'll drink. He can drown just like any other human being, including Samuel. Yeah. Right? Like he just it's you wouldn't have to keep in a container of water. You just fucking hold his head underwater, but you wouldn't be able to because he's too strong. Yeah, exactly. So and I just, he'll but, and he'll die. He'll drown just like he's he. Yeah, he but he's is more still vulnerable to water than normal humans is what Elijah was hinting at was that he yeah. had he had an exceptional weakness to water, just like he had an exceptional resilience to physical and, harm. And I and I never got that, but if that's the case, then I then he that's great it. too. I know but he does say it too. He does say it. I just don't exactly get how that how it works. I yeah, got because they. I found that they showed it really well actually when he was in the water and he was kind of like gasping, like. But he was like caught like, up in in a in a in a blank in the in the sheet cover. Right, that's why he was struggling. Of the it pool, wasn't because yeah, cover, the, yeah. But the way he was taking on water was, um, to me, it seemed extreme. Like anybody would be obviously having trouble with a pool cover, probably if they fall into the middle like that and it starts collapsing on them. Oh yeah, that's like death. But, but the panic and um, and the way that Bruce was taking on water into his mouth and stuff seemed to be different. Which is like with the hinting out with like huh. drinking water or whatever the fuck. Um, huh. Where it's like this, it's, it, I don't know, it's like this involuntary reflex, I guess, right? Where it's like, oh, 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 oh like you have to. Interesting. I don't know. You know. Okay. I always got. Yeah, no. Uh, I, 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 like, I never got that. I always just got from the times I'd watched it and even including this time that he, that he can't be killed um, in a lot of different ways that another human being can. But he cannot survive being drowned. He can't. He can't breathe water, just like yeah. every other human being. But, but I, I didn't get. But young. I didn't get that he had a stronger aversion to drowning. Like everybody can drown. Like no one has a stronger aversion to drowning than anyone else. He yeah. just can drowns. Right? But, yeah, but, but like, no one so has, when no one can survive train accidents either. This is a fucking superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he was when he was five or six, whatever, and he was in the pool, I got the sense from that whole story that um, he was like underwater at the bottom for like five minutes, and they took him out and he was dead. But obviously, he came back to life, right? So, mm-hmm. is that because of a great and lucky resuscitation, or is that because once out of water? David continued to be a badass. So water doesn't kill him. It's like a debilitating thing. That's why I was saying keep him in a coffin filled with water or whatever so that he can't ever get air. He'd be down the whole time, but probably still not dead. Anyway, that that's what I start to think about when water is his weakness. What does Shyamalan have like to, to make things complete weakness be water? And, and I this and, and I, in yeah, signs. And and it's I like, fuck, got, come on. Water's pretty common, dude. And I think that's open phobia. to you. 
that that could be open to interpretation because it sounds like you guys have different feelings than me but yeah but i just always thought that he got resuscitated um like and they saved his life just like a normal well kid, initially kid before drug. they revealed that water was his weakness i took that story to mean that he was actually like super resilient or whatever because even though he drowned he came back like when you drown a fly in salt or whatever the fuck you do and you bring it back with a beard like the opposite of that i suppose yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what totally. i'm fucking saying and it's I, just like it seemed like that was like john's saying like he once he was out of water he came back because he's fucking david dunn and he's you know he's hard to kill but later when samuel says like you fucking suck at being a water guy yeah um then to me it became the <laughs> yeah. other thing right he ain't yeah. no hydro and, homie he ain't no hydro and that's homie. and that's fine no. if that's if if, the, if that's I, I guess that is open to interpretation i just never thought of it that way so this is like kind of making me think about it now you know what though is the one thing i never doubt is that in some way shape or form and if i don't understand it that's fine um he's anti-water and he was in a lot of danger when he fell in that pool i could see that those kids had to save him he didn't save himself which i hadn't noticed Previously. Which I like that too. I thought that they, they were just him. there, but I really like that they save him because they did a good turn back for him. In fact, that whole ending, um, this whole movie up to this point isn't intense or like a bunch of fighting or bad guys or, or rape or murder or anything like that. There's, you don't get to see the train accident, right? You just know what happened. Um, but for the most part, this movie is is like 100% drama. And then as it approaches his only superhero foray out, it's like getting into double homicide and uh, heavily hinted at, um, I don't know, all kinds of abuse. Pick your your your, your adjective or whatever. Um, but that's heavy. That's heavy as fuck. Um, and it, it works. It works for the movie. It gives it the right amount of gravity at the end. Like you, if he's going to only do one thing on screen to save those kids is a pretty fucking huge thing. And, and like, I, I, I don't know. I can only think of David's luck that the, um, the perpetrator in that case wore his prison jumpsuit, uh, to work and then home again. <laughs> That fucking guy, you don't dress your staff up like fucking day past fucking prisoners. Come on. Like no. that giant orange jumpsuit. I even like I even love the way that he uh takes that guy down and kills that guy too. All that's like really good. I uh and that the wife that he he undoes her um her hands from the radiator and she's she's, she's dead. Already she's dead, only yeah. being held up by the like all that directing is so good. What do you guys think of him telling his uh, son over the dinner table? Conflicted about that choice. Um Yeah, yeah I kinda as got a, a sense as a dad, maybe. Man. I want my That's why I, yeah, right. That's and why we were saying if, that kid's going to have issues, right? Like if this is going to be the relationship with the dad, then it could lead to all kinds of weird things. In well, the and he shows issues when he gets it, those scuffs at work on his cheek or at that school, yeah. and gets those scrapes and he's like, I'm not like you. I'm not like he would never feel and, uh, like enough. No. And he like even pulled a gun on his dad. That's, that's what's up. That was that seems, shit. That, that seems crazy. I mean, we all wanted to see him shoot him, though. Of course. Oh, of course. I really did, actually. Not, I would rather someone yeah, else too. did. I think at that point, we also had a discussion for, like, in these testing moments of being a superhero. Um, I think it was Brent who asked at one point later in the movies, like, you guys would have, like, killed yourselves a couple of times by now, right? If you were this guy, just to test it out. And I'd have I shot like, my arm. Uh, I would have uh, ground. Uh, I don't know if I would have shot myself, but I would have definitely I, done some Groundhog Day shit. 
I would I probably would let the first time happen like as part of my new job which is superhero fighting crime if somebody put a bullet in my head and I lived I'd be like okay that test is complete now I'm gonna sample after, out into the world after yeah, you after figured the, it out yeah. yeah which I guess like he already did with the train huge strategic error you know I don't know. I hear what you're saying. You want to test your limits, but not if testing through testing you kill your like if bullet to the brain. Like, oh, my brain stem is what matters. The train never got that because my brain was mostly kept in my skull uh, or burned. Well, I'm not trying know. to kill myself. Like, I'm not like you know. Oh, I thought that's what you were. I'm doing. not drinking poison and and hanging myself by a fucking you know a, a wire and uh, swinging from the chandelier and then shooting myself in the fucking brain. That's what's also... I'm, like, going to shoot my arm to see if my skin is, like, tight as shit or if it's, like, going to bleed a little. And then, yeah. like, I'll start with a knife probably and I'll get some cuts, right? Take a finger and maybe? I I don't go that... Like, you, there's steps, right? Because the train like would have torn wild, him to when you're bits. testing poison, you, like, rub it on your wrist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you rub it on the outside of your lip, then a little on the inside. Like, no, you're doing no, these little increments of, of things. No, I don't know that. I think that's what also makes... <laughs> this is um, how things go. This is the process, this, this, the this testing. discussion that we're having also is what makes, and still today makes it so popular, the movie Groundhog Day. Because not only is it a comedy, <laughs> but it's a comedy where we get to watch the main character commit suicide like multiple times and yeah. survive. And like that is like, that is such a dark thing, but that movie makes it, almost the makes light of it in the perfect way mm -hmm. that that he keeps surviving uh, he even says to her across the table he's like i killed myself so many times that i don't even know like what's going on anymore or whatever it's yeah. like it's like so so i guess you guys are right i guess he'd want to uh try a couple of things like i said i wouldn't i wouldn't start with shooting a gun it's maybe um, jump from a higher height than I should be able oh, to, you know. And you break jump your legs and be like, right Damn. to jumping. You, Jesus, the nice there's a process. Well, I'm not gonna cut my I'm not gonna, story fucking header. You're gonna you're gonna cut your fucking fingers off. Just a <laughs> finger, like one, and then maybe shoot my forearm. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> the forearm. Shooting, I mean, yeah, that's an important test. I mean, that's uh, yeah. I don't know. So if I can shoot my forearm, I can shoot my chest. I got to believe that, right? I guess. I, I guess. don't need to take I mean, a bazooka always, to the brain. You could always go back to the train accident. Like, as soon as you, he walks through the train where they have the wreckage and he has a bit of a, a thinky, you sit down and think about that. He's That's got to be part of it. it. Like, it's it's really good when he goes on his first mission and he's got, like, he finds the kids, which no, you weren't expecting, right? You, all you saw was the father guy get killed and you don't know really anything good, else yeah. so like it opens the door and you're like well, who the fuck and then your mind starts going wild as to why two young people would be tied up and like crying anyway as he's trying to get them undone it's so tense because he looks behind he doesn't have a knife he doesn't have any gear like it just it's it's the good parts of origin stories to show that you know there wasn't a lot of foresight here it's just he kind of went out and he was like i'm gonna do some good tonight and he stumbled onto like the hugest thing possible and was in a way, completely unprepared. Mentally, he was ready to go, but like he could have a toolkit, even as a superhero. Like it might not be the worst idea to carry a blade or a, a crowbar or I don't know some kind of other you weapon. You expect I, to, to catch a multiple fucking homicide. Uh, yeah, uh, it's predator, true. Right? You'd probably be looking for like a purse snatcher or like something like that. You know, like a kid diddler that brushes by you in the <laughs> crowd or something. You're like, you're like, I'm just looking for fucking you know entry level crime fighter shit. 
You know? I wonder if like on Monday he goes out and he like touches a whole bunch of people he sees smoking weed. He's like, that's illegal. I'm going to get them. And then it's legalized <laughs> the next day. And he's like, I don't have those visions anymore. It's like I ripped all those people's lips off. Yeah. I guess I get, yeah. I'd be in, I get um, a, I get a sense that when he touched, if he touched people who were like addicted to narcotics, that that wouldn't, that wouldn't signal him to go off. I don't know. It's tough he's to know who's like writing the laws report. of justice. Needs yeah. to be something that's like a little bit stronger passion or, or emotion. But a drug, a drug addict's a victim, not a fucking. I mean, if he uh, sold according drugs to, to whose law? Kids, according to whose law, Mister Progressive? No, I'm just saying, if he sold drugs to little kids, <laughs> that would be I think like according to addiction. Uh, it's a it's an illness, right? So you'd be technically a victim, I think. Colin, that's right? what I'm saying is, yeah, if he sold, if he, the guy sells cocaine to little kids in a fucking schoolyard, that would signal as baddie signal, as spidey signal. Oh yeah, but uh, but if like you just like got high like on like shot up heroin, it's not. What's he gonna go do? Like fucking make them not be an addict or kill them for being an addict? <laughs> and I agree, legalize like, all drugs for like personal use, no problem. Legalize it because yeah. I don't know. It, that, that's like the kind of uh, what what are the morals driving Bruce's power? Is it his own moral compass, or is it like a, a holy? A holy thing? Is it righteous? Is it like who all says what's right and wrong hurting, for what he sees? All of the people you saw were hurting another person. The one woman was stealing from a guy in a business. The other guy smashed a bottle over someone's head. Yep. Uh, what, what was there the was other a, one? Uh, was a date rape. racist dick. There was rape. Yeah, I know that. Oh, rape. Asshole. One was yeah, a rape, rape. So harming. All of it was someone harming another human being in a, in a, a way other than maybe if that was a big a big corporate jewelry store. I don't know. That's why Bruce didn't care. He's like, ah, Macy's but he, fucking But he saw store. that guy going to, going like with the potential to commit a crime too. So I wonder what the capacity is because he saw that guy's handgun in his vision and that guy hadn't used it yet. It was just that he was But he might have at some point. I think. But he might have. But that's the thing is that his, his senses and every other part of the movie are stuff that has happened. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. He doesn't predict the future. And in that scene, it's something that he's like, he sees the potential, I guess. It's like, it's like, I don't know, maybe the fucking, um, maybe their forces are built up. There's like some inertia, some criminal inertia built into that guy that he's sensing. I thought, I thought after like seeing the end of the movie all the way through, I think every flash he sees is a, is a past event. Everything is a past. Nothing is a future. Um, that's why, and like what kind of drove it home is that Shyamalan himself is in this movie as the as the drug mule or the drug dealer who, but at the time that um, David goes up to him, doesn't have anything on him because he saw a flash from either earlier that day or just another day. Because we know that the murderer that he ends up touching in the bus station has already murdered that dad who's down the stairs, right? And the kids are just mm-hmm. tied up at home. So that leads me, leads me to believe that he just sees bits of people's past. I just where I would where I would find this more fun to talk about would be just where does the moral compass draw the line? Maybe it is in, in personal harm, and you know, if I if I become an alcoholic, I'm harming my partner. So um, is that a crime <laughs> worth him but seeing you, in a flashback? I you think said he could probably use it differently because when he when Mister Glass gives him his hand at the end and he shakes it, he's able to see everything. So I think that it's a it's a scalable power depending on maybe on uh, time contacted mm. or maybe on um, you know the willingness to give information that the victim is giving or the, the whoever the person is right yeah. if they're like willingly sharing or if they're like trying to be mentally blocked maybe like it, it seems like the power can go quite far actually 
Yeah. He also said though he only saw flashes before he was trying to uh, to trying to get it before he tried to stretch his muscles or before he tried to uh, evolve it. So maybe I the flash really of like the that gun development part of this movie. Yeah, I know, but right? maybe that, the flash that... of the gun that he sees would have been like if he would have been more developed, he would have seen the guy shooting someone with that gun. Yeah, but yeah. like that in the past, but he only saw just a teeny little flash of the gun. Not not the crime because, like you guys say, it wasn't yeah. developed. Yeah. See, I t- I yeah, talked you- about this almost right out of the gate. This is a nice bookend for this episode. Is that it all comes back oh. to that line from Samuel saying, "Have you worked? Have you tried to develop it?" And and that's where, that's where it kind of brings it all to developing out that power by practicing and using. And he will get stronger and stronger. And so it all makes sense. Like, and when he ends up shaking Samuel's hand, I fucking love it. He's like, "It's time for us to shake hands." It seems weird, but then th- that being the thing that we've seen Bruce use like already a couple of times successfully, and then boom, we're seeing his worst stuff is or, or Elijah's worst, which, it's, which makes it's, what happens at the end all the worse. I know. He's like they they develop this whole story of them, and then right at the moment where they're about to become physical enemies, he's like, "Now it's time you see who I am, and I'm unveiled to you as your greatest nemesis." Yeah. And then he's like, shakes his hand. And he's like, nine one one. Hey. <laughs> I'll work with like, the police now. And this guy's what? a super genius, and he just has all of his terrorism fucking records in his room back there. What did David tell like, the police? No secret lair, no fucking anything. Oh, my yeah, God. because I would have assumed that, like you guys, that the story would continue because even though David has all that shit on him, he can't go to the police because David's a vigilante who, like, killed someone. Yeah. Like, and could go to jail for killing. And Elijah knows he killed that guy in the paper. So he's like, you tell on me, I'll tell on you. Now, like, the battle begins. Like, that's what it should have been. Oh, see? Yeah. Yeah, that should have maybe been his final parting words to scare Bruce Willis off of that stuff. Um, Yeah, exactly. Or something much, yeah, something more subtle. But, yeah, like, like now you know about me, but I know about you. So, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Something. But instead, I don't even mind if you left that open and didn't have any dialogue. You could have ended it exactly the way it ended without those. Just without the the crawl crawl. and it's perfect. And that's it. It's beautiful. This would maybe, this would rank that up there as a very close to a perfect movie if that wasn't the case. So do you guys want to call it? Yeah, I think we do. Because I would like to hear what you got, because we all know what's getting in the way. So, yeah. I, like even, even I'll try first. Do you guys want me to go? Okay, yeah, I'll, go I'll ahead, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm I was just, happy with someone going first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna do it. I was gonna take the bullet. I still don't know, but I figured it'll just come out naturally. Uh, like, oh, if I'm I, happy to go if you don't. No, know, no, you want I, more no, time? no, no, man. I gotta talk it through. I, I think, I think ultimately, I like so much of this movie. Um, the the kind of where there are, I don't even know if you could call them flaws, but where I I'm left with some questions about, you know, why David does or doesn't remember parts of his past and, and how, how the powers exactly kind of work and, and are developed over time. And, um, but none of it, none of that wrecked any of this for me. This movie's like so interesting the whole way through. I, I, I think it, this movie would be much better for people who like super, superhero movies. Uh, I don't know if I could say confidently that this would be a good drama for some, a non-superhero person to watch. I think you could watch it as a, non, as a non-superhero fan, but um, I really think in the, in the superhero movie genre, this is like a must-see for something a little bit different, a little slower, but with every bit as much heart and 
Love yeah. the love the flawed characters. Uh, it, it makes everybody so interesting and nobody a super douche except for Elijah because he's murdered shit fuck tons of people. Uh, but you only find that out at the end. Until then, like you are, you're like sympathetic to him. Uh, you're 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 mad when David doesn't want to be with him because Elijah's just telling him the truth. And then when him and David start hanging out, you're like, what a fucking interesting pair. I want to see them on screen together more. All that shit is really good. Um, acting's great. Music, cinematography, and directing. Like, fuck, it's just a pleasure to watch. And so it really can't be ultimately destroyed by that bullshit at the end because. I just forget it. I, I just cut it out. I, I see what the vision should have been. Um, and I can clearly in my mind just say, go fuck yourself with that last five seconds. Seriously, you could edit this movie five seconds sooner, I think. And it would be it would be a near masterpiece. Um, yeah, so you I, wouldn't even have to edit it. You could just remove those words yeah, and leave every don't single freeze frame the frame. The way it was. Don't freeze the frame yeah. and just let it go and have the, yeah, the babbling and, and Bruce Willis walking out and you've got yourself a like the best superhero movie maybe like to date. It's yeah, that good. Colin sent us the edit earlier just on his phone taping like the last little exchange and then the walk away. Yeah. And then done. Yeah. I think that would be real nice. So I'm going to say the movie holds up and, and I'm also going to say this movie is a must watch. Um, and then if you watch the end of this movie and you don't like sit up out of your seat and be like, holy fuck, those guys were right. That sucks. Then, you know, I guess we're just not into the same types of movies. And I'm sorry <laughs> my, about my, that. <laughs> my advice would be that this movie does hold up. And what you do as soon as you start to see the that words wasn't come up, you yeah, close your eyes. My no. You my advice is what advice is. My <laughs> advice is you, you never let me finish. My <laughs> advice is is that when you see the words start to come up at the end of this movie, because the music is so beautiful and you want to continue to hear that song, Don't look is that them. you just close your fucking eyes Turn for like TV five off. to ten seconds. Yeah. Well, I, I really love the music. Just close leave your eyes the for sound. 10 leave seconds. the sound off. Leave the sound on. Just turn the screen off or close your eyes. Yeah, if you can do that. What, yeah, I just say close your eyes for like yeah. 10 seconds and then you will have a great, a great imagination of what could could come of this movie. Yeah. Close so your eyes and I think feel like of that's I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that going for it. I will watch this movie again and I will never read those words again. I will avoid them yeah. like I must have done in the past or block them out. I if I could have done it before I'll do it again so yeah it holds up well shit Colin fucking turned against his own rule <laughs> That's ending five fucking, it happens the ending sucks it can't hold up well no time the last 20 time those, again those other movies man has a code <laughs> no the last doesn't those live movies. by his own code what can you do We'll use we'll use uh, Indiana Jones as an example. The last twenty minutes of Raiders of the Lost Ark suck. The last twenty minutes suck. That's not the same thing as the five seconds of text. So like, just close your eyes. If I could close, close my eyes. eyes for the last twenty minutes of fucking Raiders, then I feel like that's okay. You have okay. to close your ears. You too. Sure can. <laughs> don't look at it, Marion. <laughs> yeah, don't, thank yeah, you. exactly. Just, I don't want to look Indiana you. Jones. Take that Indiana Jones advice and fucking don't look at the last 20 minutes Indiana Jones. Just sing. And there was another one recently where the last 20 minutes sucked too. What was it? That uh, Oh, the last, uh, the last of the Mohicans. And Munich. Oh, no, the last of the Mohicans. And Munich. 
Munich 2. Yeah, it's 20 minutes of those movies that suck. It happens the last quite a 20 bit. It minutes. seems like people don't know how to shut down. It's like the, the, the best skits. The skit yeah. will be hilarious, but there's like, how the fuck do we end this? It's like, what do we do with our hands? Do you know what I mean? It's hard to yeah. have a crazy great action or or huge um, a conclusion or something happen and then go on for another 20 minutes. You just, ha- you can't do that. You got to save, yeah, you got to save I that thing. I, and that's why I said no to Munich and Waiters and Last Mohicans. It's 20 minutes. I have to suffer through I have to suffer through you systematically dismantling everything you've set up for 20 minutes of the movie and that to me is fucking unacceptable this is like that five seconds that I can just I could turn my head and look out the window for five seconds and I have saved your movie so so I don't think that's comparable but no I'm just fucking with you man Jesus I know you are I know but I, I, I feel really strongly about that point so yep. I wanted to make yeah. it again I, I could burn the building down <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm going to burn down the building alright Milton we get it the ending my sucks my stapler if I don't get my stapler I'm going to burn down the building what do you got Brent this movie holds up hey. absolutely it was my first time watching it A little tidbit of information. In 2009, Quentin Tarantino actually declared that this movie was on his top 20 movies since 92. He must close his eyes at the end, too. He fucking must, because I can't imagine anybody being happy with that, especially someone like that. Yep. It's, it's, um, this movie totally holds up. It's fucking super enjoyable. I was always a comic book nerd growing up, and I found this movie to be a wicked origin story. Um, it's, it's wicked too, because it's not just an origin story. Like you get like an origin story for the bad guy and the good guy without ever feeling like it's like a really, you know, like it's, it doesn't feel laborious to get there. It's just, it's an, it's a story of this relationship. Like Colin said, it's a character study and, uh, everything is grounded in reality. Like it, it has that grit to it. It's super enjoyable. The characters are super enjoyable. I read a bunch of things where people were talking about this as maybe Bruce Willis's best performance. Um, it allows him to be a little bit more subtle and uh, restrained, and a lot of let of all the acting be, um, you know, just just be through interaction and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I was gonna say actually is like the directing for me. If you watch right on the train um, at the very beginning of the movie. And the way that, so you're seeing through the cracks of the seat and you're seeing Bruce Willis and you're seeing that woman, the agent that he's hitting on. Yeah. And I love the way that he's shooting it like back and forth and back and forth. But the character he's focusing on isn't always the character that is speaking. Yeah. Sometimes he's got it on the agent while Bruce is talking and it's just the reaction and the reaction is actually more telling than the dialogue, right? Like, obviously, you need both, but you know what I mean? Like, that's what's telling the story. It's And it's just uh, really good. It's sophisticated, and I think it takes, like, a confidence and a maturity to, to be able to let your actors tell the story that way instead of relying on the dialogue or whatever other, like, you know, kind of set pieces you've constructed. Really like this movie, man. I fucking, um, I'd never seen it again. I will watch it for sure a bunch more now and because i watch this i'm gonna watch split again and i'm gonna watch glass i think we should we should watch those together we should watch those together i think that's i think that's all a good idea but what i'd really like to watch now that we i heard what brent said is and i know how john feels about this movie but i'd love to watch a sixth sense with you like because i know you haven't seen it except for when it first came out and uh, if you like this movie, I feel like you'll really enjoy The Sixth Sense as well because it, it, his directing in that and, and the characters and the 
lighting in that is is also very very good it's well do you know what i did watch to this because we watched this and we were discussing Sixth Sense and then I was asking about Signs because I couldn't really remember. And then Oh, I, get I out of here. You seen, watched Signs? No, I didn't, but I hadn't seen The Village and I talked to you guys about oh, it yeah. and you guys, were like, you guys were like, no, no, that's not good. So I watched that the other night. <laughs> and? And you were right. Um, that is not good. They send a blind girl on a fucking mission to save someone's <laughs> life to go grab medicine from a town. They send a blind girl through the forest. What the yeah. fuck is to like, protect their secret. I couldn't stop shaking my head during the whole last fucking like half an hour or 40 minutes, whatever that was going on for. It's like, yeah. what is happening? What How I feel like happened to this? this, this director, which happened so sadly to so many talented, talented motherfucking individuals is that uh, he made two really good movies, which was Sixth Sense and this, uh, Unbreakable. And then after that, everybody st- stopped telling him their actual opinions of his projects. They were just like, you're a genius. You're the fucking best. Whatever you write and direct is fucking blockbuster. You're the man. You're the fucking man. And he just like, he just he's on his own. He's just adrift. He doesn't have anyone giving him real advice, giving them his real opinion. I feel and like he, just he was turning makes them out too movies. quick is what was going that on. Too, I, think, I think if you gave definitely. him time and, and let him do his own thing, I think he does this mm-hmm. most of the time. That's I think a valid what the problem point, yeah. was is that he, he had a lot of movies kind of clip like pretty pretty quickly back to back. And especially with a with a with a project of this this magnitude and like with the amount of detail and work that goes into this, I just can't imagine that those things could be properly considered and vetted with those timelines. So I'm yeah. not going to blame him anymore after seeing this. Actually, I used to put a lot of fucking um, stink on him for those other things, but I actually, after watching this, it's a, uh, it's clear that he is a, an expert. Um, and I think given the right situation, he could be an expert over. And what over you said, wait, I totally 100% agree with you. What it is, is the thing that should be taking the longest. And the thing that always does is the writing. Huh. And uh, you're right. He was he was writing them, started writing them so quickly that he didn't really take the time to let the ideas uh, flourish and uh, grow. The he village started, was a first pass idea. Well, yeah, he started churning churning his ideas out and like trying to get them out into the box office and make money for whoever he was making money for. And there's probably a lot of pressure put on him. Like a perfect example is that the first re- the first Star Wars movie that Disney did. They hired Brad Bird, who who wrote countless great Pixar movies. And they told Brad Bird he had a timeline of like five or six months to write the script for the new Star Wars movie. And Brad Bird had already signed with them. He was like, there's no fucking way I can write a good movie in five or six months. And they were like, well, you have to do it. That's your timeline. And he quit. He quit the movie. He's like, well, I'm not doing this then. I'm not doing it under those compressed timelines and guess what all of the stars movies sucked guess why because this script sucked oh it's time so, to go off um so this would you so be... i feel like that's that's totally correct that he started churning this shit out okay i want to wind this down i did want to say two other things the, the brent was talking about that train scene earlier and how well it was directed um what I, I love about it everything that you said and so he it, it shows bruce willis and then it pans over and shows the empty seat and then it goes back and shows bruce willis rubbing his head and you see his wedding ring really shiny on his finger then it goes back and shows the hot girl sitting down then it goes back and shows him taking off the ring 
And the way it goes back and forth like that is just so great. And the other yeah. time they he does that so insanely well is um, when Bruce Willis is coming into the final bedroom in the in one of the final scenes of the guy, and it's showing everything you need to see in the room through the curtains. The wind's blowing the curtains, but it's just it opens up to show the woman at the radiator, and then closes and shows Bruce coming in, and then back to the woman, and the the back and forth there just raises the tension, but it. For, for not showing you everything um, in the scene and only being a sliver of what you're what you're seeing it's really masterfully done to keep the uh, the suspense going um, yeah I'd steal steal this guy you could steal I mean if, if I'm ever gonna direct a movie I'll steal everything I'll watch I'll watch this in six cents and steal it all I mean the guy knows like I said he it does not feel like there's so many guys who feel like they're ripping off Scorsese even someone like as good as um, P.T. Anderson, you can really feel him ripping off Scorsese and Tarantino and uh, and other directors. You don't get that sense with this guy at all. This guy has his own fucking style. Yep. And he's probably ripping off like people I don't even know of, like old directors are John Ford or somebody. But whoever he's ripping off, he's doing a great job of making it his own shit. Yeah. It never feels like he is stealing no he's creating would you guys be surprised to know that on rotten tomatoes uh signs has 74 percent while unbreakable has 70 percent so signs yeah i would be shocked by that this is what i was saying the other day is that movie seemed to be um and i can't actually think of why now but that movie was a phenomenon when it came out like everybody was entranced with that movie and I, I can't remember if it was just because they i remember the aliens were introduced in a way that was like actually sincerely kind of um scary spooky yeah right? like the way that you're like seeing that secondhand footage of the kid's birthday and then all of a sudden the alien just walks by yeah it's not anything particularly menacing but it is really um unsettling that stands out to me yeah yeah like i can't remember anything else why that movie was such a standout like why uh, it, I don't know if we should do it soon, but I'm thinking that maybe we should do it. I'm looking like the six cents cost forty and made uh, over six hundred million, almost seven hundred million. Unbreakable Jesus. cost seventy five, made two fifty, and Signs cost seventy two and made four oh eight. This that, movie deserves a lot more than it's getting here. Yeah, I it's, agreed. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like this movie was. It has niche was, appeal, right? It's not yeah, it's not maybe. mass appeal. That's why it wouldn't have made more and and why people maybe some people would have misunderstood cuz compared to other superhero movies this would be boring. It's slow. Nothing happens. You only get to one but fight. But this is movies like a great wine though. This yeah. movie gets better as as time goes on. I like agree. a lot of things are underappreciated when they come out. Um, and too. this definitely does that. Sorry, we have a, we have a library of, of superhero movies now, but this came out in two thousand. We didn't have all these, so that's true. The superhero movies we had were like like a Batman or two, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the Spider Man actually. I think the right? Spider Man movies, right? Probably a Toby or two, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the old Supermans. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been watching like, those recently, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> like we didn't have anything remotely close to the superhero stuff we're getting now. This like it's the technology and, and effects have come to a place where it's just and the understanding of comic book lore and kind of how to like 
make that like digestible for masses. Yeah, make it more like, true to life instead of being so respectful of the source material look and feel. We, we yeah. should totally go back and do those origin superhero movies. The first Batman, the first Superman, the first, I think even the first uh, Thor. Spider-Man maybe too. First Spider-Man, like those four movies. We could do a whole month Toby. of like the first. Bad fucking the, casting. I don't know. Let's see. Well, let's see. Sorry. We have to see, baby. We got to see. <laughs> we got to see, baby. Yeah, we should do that. Okay, well, we'll add those to the list. We're adding movies to a list now, it seems. There's just a few movies to watch and review for Hold Up. We'll get there eventually, Jesus, but maybe we'll carve so something out. Already. It feels like we're behind. Are we in front? Are we all around? What exactly is happening? We're what have we got coming up next, mm. everybody? Anybody know? I don't even know. Uh-uh-uh. Uh, uh, uh. Enjoy your uh, shit. Uh, uh, uh. Jurassic Park? Uh, no, it's not. Oh my I know goodness. That. I know what it is. We're revisiting Mr. Kubrick. And we're going to do 2001. Oh, 2001? Oh. A space odyssey. We are? We are. Oh, Billy. Well... Um, well then we should then we should pile on the superhero stuff. It's all on Crave now. All those old Batman, Superman, Spider-Man movies, all of them are on Crave for free. Interesting. We should hit that shit. And I would also really like to see the original Superman. I do not remember it. I do not remember the original Spider-Man much at all, so it'd be kind of interesting to watch them because it, uh, it's been they those movies came out a long time ago. Yep. Superman's like early 80s. That is true. That is true. Okay, well, maybe we'll change our mind then. Maybe you get a surprise next week, everybody. Hold your breath. All right. This was a fun one. Um, I like good movies. When they're this good, it's great. And when yeah. the last five seconds suck, we just close our eyes. Just look at the Problem window. Problem fixed. <laughs> I look down at your shoes. Do something. My shoes. shoes. My shoes. What's with, what's with your shoes? I don't know, man. What is with my shoes? I better take them off and go to bed. All right, we love you. Take it easy. Thanks for coming. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.